0: and welcome to I read a book once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be talking about The Star-Crossed Sisters of Tuscany by Laurie Nelson Spielman. This was a very good book. I very much enjoyed it. And I'm excited to tell you guys about it. So, first off, let's just say the obvious. I I'm giving up on my short plot summaries. It's just not going to happen. This book is the Third book out of the last four books, so I've read okay, wait, how do I want okay, out of the last four books I've read, three of these books, including this one, had multiple timelines, so it's very difficult to explain a book with multiple timelines quickly and succinctly because you're basically telling two stories at the same time, and they're very enjoyable to read. They're just very difficult to explain succinctly. And we already know I'm bad at explaining things succinctly. When I would write papers for school, I always went over the page limit or the word limit and had to delete things because I'm just not a very succinct person, which is probably not shocking if you've listened to any of these episodes before. So uh, yeah, I'm giving up on that. And then the second thing I want to say is uh, this is the second book I've read recently where there's a curse revolving around love so i don't know what that says about me that i've been drawn to these books recently but this is actually my november book of the month pick i'm really excited i picked it i was in between picking this and the romance novel that they had which was i think this time next year which was about these two people who were born like a couple minutes apart on New Year's Day and they were like their moms were competing to be the first one to have their babies and then one of them has good luck and the other one has bad luck and they end up getting together and I don't know I just went with this one and I'm glad I did because this was really good and I've heard mixed reviews of the other books so I'm glad I picked this one but yeah so basically what this book is about is uh, in the 1800s this uh There was these two sisters and the younger sister was prettier and the older sister had this boyfriend and the boyfriend uh, forced himself, forced a kiss on the younger sister and the older sister cursed, threw a rock at her and cursed her to never find, for all second-born daughters in their family, the Fontana family, to never find love. And the rock struck her eye and then she never married and no second-born daughter has ever married since then. And it's about these two cousins, who are both second-born daughters and their great-aunt, going to Italy to try and break this curse. It was really enjoyable, and uh, now we are going to get (laughs) into the plot summary. I think I'm going to explain the bulk of the actual plot, and then explain the flashback plot, and then explain the rest of the regular plot, even though it goes back and forth in the story. And before I get started with my plot summary, as always, just a reminder that there will be spoilers. I'm going to explain the entire plot of this book. So if you don't want it spoiled, do not listen. Go read the book and then come back and listen to this episode. You won't be disappointed. So the book opens up with Amelia. So I guess the main character's names are Amelia, Lucy, and then Poppy. Poppy's the aunt. Amelia is our main character, whose perspective we see, and then Lucy is her cousin. So the book opens up with Amelia working at her family's Italian bakery. Basically, they live in New York in Bensonhurst, if I'm remembering that correctly, and uh, her grandmother and her grandmother and her siblings all immigrated from Italy to New York and have lived there and they have her great uncle has a barber shop and her grandmother has this bakery slash butcher shop so they have both italian baked goods but also meat um is that a thing people do in real life i don't, I don't know but they have both of those things there and she works there and uh, this cute guy comes in and buys the cannoli and is like i love this i'd love to talk to the baker." So. She's like, sweet, I'm going to go out and I'm going to talk to him. And her grandmother's like, no, you cannot go out there because her grandmother is the worst. Honestly, wait till you hear all the things that she does. And so then we kind of learn about her family, her older. So Amelia's the second born daughter. Her mom passed away when she was two. And so she kind of grew up with her dad, her older sister, Daria, and then her grandmother, Rosa, who she calls her Nona. And um, her grandma and grandpa, well actually I don't remember when the, no, I don't think she ever really knew her grandpa. I think he died around the same time that her mom died when she was two. Anyway, so her grandma really spends a lot of time raising her and her sister always takes advantage of her, invites her to her book club. But only because she's going to make a cake. And then when she gets there, makes her take care of her two younger da- two young daughters and doesn't let her join in the book club. And she's got this best friend, Matt, who is in love with her. But she really doesn't feel that way about him. And she says she does not believe in the second born daughter curse. And, but she's also perfectly happy not being in love, not looking for a relationship, just living her daily life kind of controlled by her family, working in the bakery, doing things for her sister. That's it. Then her cousin Lucy, so Amelia's 29, her cousin Lucy is 21, I think, so pretty young. And her cousin really believes in the curse and is trying to break it, goes on all these dates with these different guys, and nothing really is panning out. And then Amelia gets a letter from her Aunt Poppy one day, and her Aunt Poppy is basically isolated from the family. She's never met her, or maybe she's only met her once or twice, and she was basically ostracized and was only allowed to come back on Christmas and Easter and write cards on the holiday. Her grandmother hates her Aunt Poppy, so her Aunt Poppy's her great aunt, so it's her grandmother's sister, who's a second born daughter and she gets this letter saying, will you come with me on a trip to Italy to celebrate my 80th birthday? And she really wants to go, but her Nona forbids her from going. She forbids this 29 year old from going on a trip to Italy. And her sister's like, don't go, blah, blah, blah. And her best friend Matt is like, just go. Your family walks all over you. Why do you let them do this? And so she ends up deciding that yes, she's going to go after her aunt FaceTimes her. And says that she'll tell her about her mom because nobody will tell her anything about her mom. Like, they won't talk about her. And then they convince Lucy to go by saying that her Aunt Poppy believes that she will break the second-born daughter curse if she's on the steps of this cathedral in Amalfi or Ravello. I don't remember. If they're on the steps of this cathedral on her 80th birthday. So Lucy agrees to go because she's desperate to break the curse. So Amelia goes, even though her grandmother is yelling at her to do this, her sister is really upset with her. Her sister's like, you can't go because you're supposed to watch my children the weekend that you're gone. And this trip is literally, she'll be gone for 10 days and two of them are travel. And her family's just like, can't with her. So she has her cousin Lucy's older sister stay at her apartment to watch her cat in an apartment sit and whatever. And she decides, okay, I'm going on this trip. I got to do it. I got to learn about my mom. So once they get on the plane there she keeps asking her Aunt Poppy about you know her mom and whatever and her Aunt Poppy starts telling her this story about her life and all of that. So this is like the second storyline is Aunt Poppy telling her story which is about like this man that she fell in love with and kind of everything that happened with that and they kind of Amelia and Lucy are both like, oh my god, she's a liar, she's a manipulator, because before Amelia leaves, her great uncle lets it lo- lets it slip that Poppy had stolen Amelia's mother when she was a baby, but brought her back one week later, which was why she was banished from the family, so that's juicy, right? So they uh, think that she's just a manipulator, and they f- but then they find out when so their first stop is in Venice, and the first day is really fun, but then they find out that their aunt has, I don't remember if she has brain cancer or a brain tumor or something, but basically she's not doing very well. This is probably going to be her last trip to Italy. Like, she's probably going to pass away soon, so that's why she kind of needed them to come with and all of that, so they think they just that they just got manipulated so that she could go. So, they're kind of mad with her, but they're like, okay, whatever, we're in Venice. And while they're in Venice, Amelia and Lucy get in a big fight, because Amelia is kind of this wallflower who is okay with not finding love, and Lucy's upset because Amelia has no cares in the world about trying to break this curse or ever being in love or anything and Lucy really wants to because her mom has put all this pressure on her to break the curse ever since she was like five or six years old which couldn't cannot be healthy and so she's like why did you leave me to be the one that everybody places the hopes on like this is so much stress how could you do this to me and then like you let your family walk all over you you don't do anything in your life you're boring blah 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 so they get in this really big fight and then Amelia's like wow am I I don't want to say a loser, but am I a loser? And she decides that, like, yes, her family does walk all over her and whatever. And she's like, okay, I'm ready to try and change. So they get her some new glasses and they... Lucy makes her go out to the bar one night. And that's kind of a hot mess disaster. She ends up meeting this guy once Lucy leaves with somebody else who helps her get home. And she kisses him. And then he's like, yo, I'm actually married. And she's like, oops, is this what I get for trying to be outgoing? And then they leave Venice and go to their next stop, which is Florence, basically. And so they're staying in Poppy's old house. She ended up purchasing it at some point so that her parents, because her parents ran out of money, they couldn't afford it. So she purchased it, purchased the house and the land for them. And then after they passed away, she sold the land to this guy, Gabriel or Gabe, and he turned their old family house into a bed and breakfast basically. So they're staying there and Gabe is like really flirty and like into Amelia and you're like, "Oh, we're almost halfway into this book. This must be when Amelia finds love because I'm under the impression that they're all going to find love in this book." And uh, so you're like, "Okay, this might be it." And then you see that his sister and her two children are also living there and she's recently divorced, blah blah blah. And you know, they have a great time going around Florence and Amelia's really just, like Starting to let go and do her own thing, and she goes on this date with Gabe on one of their last days. At the end of the date, they end up sleeping together, and he then she goes back to her room afterwards. When she's like, "I should probably go back," and he's like, "Yeah." And when she wakes up, she realizes that uh, he's not into her. He was just kind of using her. He's a player, and that was upsetting. Anyways, but then before that she and Lucy were sharing a room, and when she wakes up in the middle of the night, Lucy is not there, and she thinks that she has gone and then slept with Gabe, but actually, turns out that Lucy is a lesbian, and she's finally accepted herself, and she was actually spending time with Gabe's sister, Sophia, I believe her name is, and so Lucy, when they're in Florence, finally comes into her own and realizes that the reason none of her past relationships worked out is because she's not into men and she was very afraid to accept that about herself and all of that but now she's happy and she's like going to continue to like see Sophia and that Sophia's going to come visit in Italy and then she'll come back and like they're going to try and make it work whereas Gabe is like nah I'm not coming to see you like whatever and so uh, Amelia's really upset because her aunt kind of pushed her to go and do that. And then her aunt's like, yeah, he's a dirty dog. And I'm sitting here like, why in the world did you tell your niece to go out with this man when you knew he's a player who was going to do her dirty? And her aunt's all like well you have to have your first heartbreak and honestly the whole thing throughout this book is like Gabe's her first heartbreak but we find out that Amelia does actually kind of believe in the curse because in college she got her first boyfriend and she defied her grandmother by going to see him on New Year's Eve and they were were on their way to a party and the roads were really icy and they got in a car crash and he almost died and when she prayed and said, like, if I leave and never see him again, will you make him better to God or whatever she said? And then he miraculously got better. So she broke up with him. And I feel like that must have been her first heartbreak, but whatever. So then they uh, they're leaving Florence to go to the Amalfi Coast to go to the steps of the cathedral in Ravello. So why are they doing this? Let's jump back and do Poppy's story really quick, succinctly so she grew up in florence her sister rosa was getting married to this guy alberto and they were moving to the united states but not for a little bit and they're trying to save money and alberto's cousin or somebody could get rosa this job at a museum but rosa couldn't remember anything about art so poppy whose real name is actually paulina decides to they decide that they'll swap places and she'll go to the museum while she's at the museum she meets this really cute german guy and the two of them end up falling in love his real name is eric but pop calls him Rico because she's like oh Italian names have to end in a vowel and so she calls him Rico this whole time basically and so he's like okay I'll call you Poppy and then that's kind of what people call her from then on and the two of them fall in love and she invites him finally her sister finds out about him and invite and Poppy invites him to her house her parents absolutely hate him because he's German he's actually from eastern Germany and this part of the book takes place like before the um, Berlin Wall goes up, but during the Eastern Western Germany. So it's like in the 50s when the USSR was controlling Eastern Germany, blah, blah, blah. So he escaped and had to leave his family behind and her family won't accept him and then Poppy, so he leaves and is like, I'm not tearing you apart from your family blah blah blah, but she's like, no, I love you, so they run away to Ravello, which is off the Amalfi Coast and they live there together for a year and they get married I'm doing air quotes at this cathedral but they find they had no witnesses, no paperwork, and they find out that the priest that married them wasn't actually a priest there, I don't know who this guy was, but so they're like living happily together and then eventually Rico gets this letter or something like that from his family back in eastern Germany that his father had a stroke his mother is non-responsive basically and his sister can't keep up running the shop without him so he has to go back and poppy wants to go with him but he won't let her because he's like this is a prison state like you can't move here and she's like but I want to and they make a promise that they'll meet again on her 80th birthday at the cathedral and there's this whole chain of events where their letters were intercepted and they never really were able to talk again so then we'll go back to our story but that's going on so that's why they're going there and they go to Ravello and they go and sit on the steps and they have this old apartment above a bakery and Amelia while they're she tries to go And see if they could visit it, but this girlfriend of the guy who lives there is there, and he's like, "Oh, she's like, I don't know if my boyfriend would be okay with it." And so when she leaves, she runs into this dude who is a lawyer, but lawyer in Italian kind of sounds like avocado, so she got confused, and then she jokingly calls him an avocado. And she asks, he asks her to get coffee, and she's like, "No, I can't. I have to get back to my aunt." So they sit all day on the steps, and Rico never comes. So Poppy's also been getting progressively sicker as this goes, and it's really upsetting. And then the next day, they're getting ready to leave, and they run into the girlfriend that told Amelia that they couldn't see the apartment. She's like, My boyfriend said I should have let you up. And so they go and see the apartment, and it turns out that the boyfriend's actually the grandson of. Rico. And so they find out that he's in the hospital because he insisted on coming back to Ravello because he said he had to meet his wife, and they all thought he was going crazy, but he was talking about Poppy. So they go to the hospital, and the two of them reunite, and both of them end up miraculously kind of making a recovery. <gasps> oh, my God, I forgot. this is so long. I'm so sorry. I forgot. but um, actually, Daria flies into Italy to try and force Amelia to come back home, but Amelia stands up to her sister and says, No, I'm not going to. This is like when they're in Florence, and uh, she stands up to her family and is like, Why are you so mean to me? blah, blah, blah. So then uh, you find out that, so then you know, they kind of spend some time together, and Amelia and Lucy eventually go home, but they stay a couple weeks longer. And they are on their way home, and she realizes that that Rico had called her my beautiful something that sounds like an ankle, and it turns out that word in German means granddaughter. And back to Poppy and Rico's story is that after Rico leaves, she finds out that she's pregnant, and we all think that she lost the baby, but it turns out, so then Rosa comes and takes care of her, and she convinces Poppy to go to America anyway. So Poppy does go, but they're like, how are we going to get the baby, because you can't have like an unborn illegitimate child and Poppy's like, it's, my child, Josefina, is not illegitimate, blah, blah, blah. So they pretend that this is Rosa's child. And then when they get there, Rosa will not give the baby back and lies and says that it is her and Alberto's child because she can't have any children. And she's so afraid the entire time her husband will leave her. And the only way he would stay is if they have children. And he does become a better husband once they have children. Nobody believes Poppy that this is her child. And so she steals the baby, but she doesn't have any money, so she comes back, and they banish her, and she's never able to see her kid again, for the most part, and so when they get back home, Amelia, first of all, her aunt gave her some bad advice that she should, you know, go for it with Matt, even though there's no passion. She's like, you don't have to have passion to be in love, and I just don't agree with that. I don't think you should like, being in a romantic relationship with somebody who you don't see as anything other than a friend. Like, if there's, oh, shoot, I just made something fall in my closet. Oopsie. Anyways, so she's like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna date Matt, but now, it turns out, Matt is actually dating her cousin who was watching her cat, and she's like, oh. And then, she goes to work, and her grandmother is so mean to her, and she's like, you're not actually even my grandma, are you? And then, It's revealed that uh, she's not, because I already gave that away, but whatever. So she ends up confronting her sister about why she's been such a bad sister, and her sister gives some, like, BS excuse about, like, worrying about if she fell in love that something bad would happen to her, too, which was so stupid, and then uh, Amelia goes back to Italy with Lucy and they kind of Amelia basically then lives there from then on and she ends up confronting Poppy about her being her grandmother and not her aunt and you know they have a nice little moment and then you flash forward to Poppy's funeral I guess so she ends up passing away about nine months later her and her sister do FaceTime near the end of both of their lives because Rosa the grandmother also dies as well after the end of the main plot of the book And so they let Poppy's ashes out in Florence at the house. And Amelia has finally had those relationships she's wanted with her grandparents. And they leave the apartment in Ravello to her. And she also so the whole thing with Amelia is that she was a writer. or That's what she wanted to be. And now she's in the process of getting her first book published. And so she moves back and she meets with this lawyer who's like, you look really familiar. Have we met? And she's like, no, I don't know who you are. And he basically is kind of flirty with her. And she she doesn't necessarily shut him down, but she doesn't really respond to it. And then she gets back to the apartment, and she realizes that this is Avocado, the guy that she ran into that first time she was in Ravello, and she calls him up and says, I do remember you, and agrees to basically go out on a date with him. So that took me (laughs) almost 20 minutes, so I apologize for how long that was, but this was such a good book, and there was so much plot, and I felt like I was going fast, but apparently I wasn't, so sorry. But now let's get into the best part of the episode, which is the discussion section. Let's first start with Amelia's family, who sucks so hard, like her immediate family. Her Nona, who we actually find out right, isn't her grandmother, but whatever. We're just going to refer to her as her Nona. Her sister Daria, and then also her dad. We're going to start with her dad, because he's basically irrelevant. So the dad is actually the son-in-law, And he lets his mother-in-law walk all over him, lets her treat Amelia super poorly, control his life, not let him date anybody else, even though his wife's been dead for 27 years and all this different stuff. And he just doesn't stand up for Amelia. And I think as a dad, you should stand up for your children. So he was annoying, but the least annoying, you know? Then we've got, we're going to go then to the grandma before we get to the sister. And oh my gosh she was so mean there was all these scenes that were flashbacks of Amelia's life so one thing she was very self-conscious about was she has this scar under her lip from when her sister accidentally got a fishing hook stuck in it and uh her uncle kind of took it out but in a way that he probably shouldn't have into they really should have brought her to the hospital but when they bring her home and she's very young at this point maybe like eight or ten or something like that they take her home and the, to her Nona and it's like we should bring her to the hospital like we got to do something and she says why bother because she is the second born daughter so it doesn't matter if she's going to be ugly and have this horrible scar and all this different stuff and just there's a lot of other things where the grandma controls her life doesn't let her do anything and it's just very mean to her and it's revealed at the end of the book that amelia actually really looks like poppy when they were, when Poppy was younger, which nobody really knew because they hadn't seen her younger. But every time the grandmother looked at her, she saw her sister and she was probably felt guilty about, you know, actually stealing her sister's child and lying and all of that. And Poppy forgives her and is like, it was too big of a temptation blah, blah, blah. And I'm not forgiving enough for this book. Let's just say it. Like, Amelia and Poppy both forgive basically everybody in this book for doing horrible things. And I'm more like Lucy. And Lucy's like, no, your grandmother sucks. Your sister is a horrible person. Like, this stuff is not forgivable stuff. But Amelia and Poppy both forgive. And I guess forgiveness is a good thing. However, if your grandmother treats you like absolute trash for 29 years and is not loving and controls your life and is mean to you, and then actually, you know, stole a baby and all this different stuff. um, I don't know if she deserves forgiveness, but that's just me. I luckily have two very loving grandmothers who uh, are the best, and I love them a lot, and they love me, and I don't feel as though their love is conditional like Nona's love is for Amelia in this book, if you could even say that there was any love between them. But her grandmother is just such a horrible person, so mean, so spiteful, and literally she stole Poppy's baby and then lied about it, and everybody just took her side because how could you trust Poppy who ran away, and she's grieving because Rico left and all this different stuff, and... It's just that was very upsetting. Let's also talk about Daria who's her older sister and their relationship sucks. Like when they were kids they had a really good relationship and her sister was always like I don't believe in the curse you're not cursed blah 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 and then the switch flipped when Amelia was in college. Like I said the car accident with her then boyfriend and since then her sister has treated her like a maid. Not a maid but like not like a person, not like a sister. Her sister's only there to do things for her, right? So for Daria, Amelia is there to babysit her children, to help them with their homework, to make cakes for her, to buy her things, to take her shifts, you know? Like, stuff like that. And she was just very mean when they went and when Daria came to Italy. Like, one thing I think I mentioned was that Daria called and was like, you're gonna be home by Friday, right? And Amelia's like, no, I'm not gonna be home till Tuesday. And she said, well, you promised to watch my children so me and my husband could go away for a weekend. Bro, you have lots of other cousins and family members that could watch your two children. Like, your sister's going to Italy, which for most people is like a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And then eventually, Amelia does forgive her sister after they have this whole talk. And she's like, I was just scared for you. Okay, well... Honestly, like, her family was so mean, I can't believe she forgave them, but also she moved to Italy, so she doesn't have to see them that much, so joke's on them. They lost a great family member because they were awful. Okay, moving on, let's talk about her love interest. She kind of has three different ones. Like, obviously, there's that man she randomly kissed in Venice, but he wasn't really a love interest, so we're not going to talk about him. The first one is Matt, her best friend, and from the moment the idea was introduced that Matt was in love with her, I was upset because the thing is, I like a friends to a friends to lovers romance where like two best friends end up getting together. However, I only like that when both best friends are actually into each other. And it was clear from the first moment Matt is introduced that Amelia does not see him as anything other than a friend. And so I really was upset that he became a love interest because she wasn't into him. It was a convenience thing. You should not be with somebody just because it's convenient, just because they like you. If you don't like them, don't waste either of your times by being into them. And the only reason she went after him is because her aunt gave her bad advice about not all loves needing to be passionate, which like, okay, maybe that's true. But like, ugh. but also the whole time I kind of got this vibe. I don't know how I did this, but I got this vibe that the cousin, I think her name was Carmella was into Matt. So when the two of them ended up dating, I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to worry about Amelia just dating Matt and that being the end of the book. Also, when I picked up this book, I thought all three of them were going to find love in the book. And Poppy finds her love, Rico slash Eric again. And Lucy finds love in Sophia. And Amelia doesn't actually find lasting love. And so that was surprising. But the thing is, once we get past the gay part in the book, which is just over halfway, I was pretty sure she was not going to find a love. Does that make sense? Like, I didn't think she was actually going to, there was going to be, like, a final full relationship built for her in the second half of the book. I was like, okay, so she just never actually finds love in this book, which was kind of sad, but also it was kind of cool because this book was more about personal growth of Amelia and Lucy, but more so Amelia, and just, like, how she grows as a person, and gets out from under her family's thumb, and, like, comes into her own and like doing what she wants to do living where she wants to live being who she wants to be and stuff like that so I really did enjoy that and all the growth that she went through so let's talk about Gabe then at first I was like excited about him I was like sweet we found her love and just, this is great and then he's a player who did her wrong I was so annoyed and I feel like I might have talked about this in the plot summary a little bit but like the fact that her aunt was like yeah go out with him that's not necessarily what they said but they kind of made it so they all like bowed out of things so it was just the two of them I was so annoyed because if I was if I knew somebody was like a no good player I'm not gonna tell my friend or my niece or like whoever to like go for it because he's a no good player who's just gonna break your heart and I think it's jank that they were like yeah you should be with him just so that you can experience your first heartbreak like I'm literally rolling my eyes right now it's so annoying and the thing is I kind of saw it coming though when after they slept together she was like should I leave and he said yes because I feel like if he was like into her he would have been like no stay I mean I don't have any experience to kind of compare that to but the only thing I have to compare it to is romance novels and I feel like that's typically what would happen a romance novel if they were interested so That's what I have to say about that. And then the last one is Nico, who is actually the lawyer or Avocado. And when he was first introduced, I was like, I think he is the long game for her. But he's introduced so late into the book and she refuses to go out with him the couple times they meet because, not for any bad reason, but because she needs to go get back to her aunt and all of that. So I wasn't surprised when he popped up at the end of the book. And I think he was the best match for her out of everybody that she met like love interest wise and so I was really excited when she does because she doesn't meet him again until the last four or five pages of the book so I was really sad I was like wow it's a year later and she's still not found any love like that's upsetting but then she does meet him at the end and obviously like I don't know how if she was a real person the rest of her life would go but I like to think that her and Nico slash Avocado would get together and have a great life together so those are my thoughts on her love interest. Um, a couple other quick things. The plot twist about Poppy being her grandmother, I did not see coming until the fa- until it was revealed that um Rico slash Eric had been calling her granddaughter. Because at first I really just bought into the whole thing of her like losing her baby and whatever, but then it's Because, like, earlier in the book, she calls Poppy Nona at one point and was like, it felt right, but neither of us correct, neither of us said anything about it, and I thought nothing of that, but then when you have Eric calling her granddaughter, I was like, oh my god, Rosa stole the baby, not the other way around, and I was shocked. I was shocked. It was a great plot twist, actually, except for the fact that it was very sad. It was very sad. Like, ugh. How heartbreaking is that you just are uh, pretending, your sister's just supposed to pretend that's her baby to get the baby to the U.S. and then steals her. I don't I, I don't want to talk about it. It's literally so upsetting. Um, another thing was like from the get-go, the scenery slash setting description was just absolutely fabulous. Like, I felt like I was in Italy and I haven't been to all these places in this book. I have been to Italy before. Super fun trip. I've actually been to Ve- both Venice and Florence, but for very short amounts of times and oh, I don't know a long time ago now but anyways I felt like I was there in both in New York when we were talking about her neighborhood but also in all the different places in Italy and I just loved it it was so great that it felt well researched it felt like this was written from somebody who actually had been there and done all of these different things and everything like that which was just great I really really enjoyed that aspect of it because I don't know I hate reading a book and it's like oh this is set in Paris and it doesn't seem like Paris at all it sounds so fake you know what I mean so that was great and then also I felt like the author did a really good job of describing an Italian family and like Italian culture in general like there was a lot of Italian in this book but the way she did it was so great it would be like She would use the Italian word or phrase and then afterwards would have somebody either repeat it in English or use that in a thought so that you knew what was going on and it was like done very well and then also just a description of the different Italian foods that they were eating or anything like that. That just made it really like tangible as a reader and so I just really enjoyed that as well because it really felt like you were like part of the Italian culture if that makes sense. Also, when you get to the end of the book, there's like this little author's note that um, the author had actually been contacted by this man named Eric, who uh, was um, somebody who lived in Eastern Germany, and he had wanted her to write his memoir, basically, to write his story, and she ended up saying no, but they became pen pals, basically, and she used part of his story to kind of inspire the character Eric slash Rico, and... So that was really great because I also think it was so awesome to have this description of Eastern Germany and what it was like to be an Eastern German during this time and the escaping and all of that. And part of that might just be because I have recently learned about Eastern Germany in one of my last classes I took in college and all of that. But I also feel like that's not a perspective that you see a lot in books or movies. You see a lot about Nazi Germany or you know the Berlin Wall falling or whatever but you don't see anything about like living in eastern Germany and what that was like and so I just really enjoyed that as well in this book and with that I am going to end this episode I would definitely recommend reading this book if you haven't read it and you don't mind that I spoiled it it was a great book I really really enjoyed it if uh, you have any opinions on this book about something I didn't talk about or something I did talk about or anything, let me know. Like I've been saying, I want to start doing a responding to your comments section, but I haven't gotten any comments, so I can't do that. But you can send them by emailing me at I read a book once blog at gmail.com or DMing me on Instagram. My account is ireadabookonceblog. You can go check out my website that I haven't updated in a long time because I've been busy with my new job, but it's ireadabookonceblog.com. Next week I will be reading, or I'm currently reading, so next week I'll be talking about A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. I'm enjoying it so far, I'm only about halfway through, so you'll hear more about that next week, and I'll catch you next time.